0: Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow, and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change, and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. We can't provide truly patient-centered care without having the voice of consumers at the table, be it at the kitchen table or via Zoom lived experience is the only way to learn what our community needs. These projects leverage meaningful partnerships to redesign the way they deliver care with drastically improved outcomes.
1: Like to acknowledge the traditional owners and also acknowledge the huge role that we all have to play together as we heard this morning to ensure that we put First Nations consumers first in everything that we do uh, to do everything that we can to close the gap. So um, Health Consumers Queensland, prior and during to COVID, uh, kept ourselves pretty busy as the state peak organisation. We've delivered a whole range of services over many years out to health services and to consumers as well. Um, Training, recruitment of consumer representatives. Some of you may have attended our annual forum. We uh, circulate information and opportunities via e-alerts and much, much more. But then along came something that I embarrassingly remember going to the first briefing about and coming back to the office and going, oh, I don't think it'll be much. I don't you know, I probably should have stayed at the office and, and kept working awkward. Uh, but it was. It was a big deal and it has been a big deal and it continues to be a big deal. And uh, But it continues to be a privilege to be uh, at the centre of supporting Queensland's pandemic response. So really early on, when we realised it was going to be a big deal, we engaged with consumers in our networks and beyond across the state to make sure that we and the Queensland Health System could hear from the consumers who this was going to affect the most, those with chronic conditions, First Nations consumers, those living in rural and remote communities and those with a disability and we um, fed that information back into the health system and uh, this was a quote from one of the consumers early on uh, and reflects how strongly users of health services have felt about having their voices heard in how Queensland responds to the pandemic and how they continue to receive care uh, during these unprecedented times. Uh, And so we pivoted everything that we did to support the pandemic response. And uh, we made sure that we were listening to consumers, sometimes on a daily basis to hear what was working and what wasn't for them about the pandemic response. And we fed that information through from these online consumer conversations and other activities that Anne will talk about in a moment, through issues papers, onto the many, many committees uh, that we and consumers have ended up sitting on to shape the pandemic response. And we created a number of resources to support consumers and carers to navigate these times themselves. And you can see, as well as delivering um, most of our core services, including recruiting consumer representatives and um, doing training. We were very fortunate to receive additional funding uh, to support the COVID response Uh, so we did a whole project around amplifying the voice of young people and uh, they worked with us uh, to co-design an engagement framework to support health services about how to engage with them in a really meaningful way during COVID and beyond and that can be downloaded from our website. And uh, we've also done work with First Nations people across Queensland um, around the vaccine and around receiving healthcare, and we'll continue to do this work and also support their involvement in the development of the health equity strategies across the HHSs too. So now I'll invite um, Anne up to talk about the uh, engagement that she did, and then I'll finalise with a summary of outcomes that we heard from an independent evaluation of engagement during COVID. Thanks.
2: Thanks, Melissa, from the prisons to the kitchen table this time. (laughs) So a lot of the work that I actually do is making sure the voice of consumers is heard. And um, I use the kitchen table discussion methodology. And a lot of my projects are actually for CEQ. But can you imagine, because the beauty of this process is we're not in the room. Consultants are not in the room, health staff not in the room, this is consumers in the room, in their houses, in the park, in cafes, uh, libraries, wherever they choose um, to run a session with community members who have an interest in whatever that subject is. And we have covered some really intense subjects. Um, And they feel safe. They create a safe environment. And so we we actually hear from people that you would never normally hear from, uh, who would never turn up to a normal consultation process. So grassroots community. And we hear from really diverse voices um, and hard to reach and those who are disadvantaged. And it's a really inclusive process. Um, But what happens when, you know, COVID hits and? At the time, um, early last year, I happened to be running two projects, Uh, one a national one for um, Consumer Health Forum around uh, the future state of primary health care and one for Queensland Health, uh, which was the website transformation project. So for the website one, I had 20 kitchen table discussions going on around the state. Uh, For the national one, there were 11. And luckily with the Queensland Health one, I was getting very close to finishing it. Uh, With the national one, I started to see something that I'd never experienced before in this work, which was suddenly uh, from Tasmania, we're locking down, Uh, we can't do this session. Uh, Western Australia, um, we can't do this session because, and these are consumers, uh, people in community, Uh, you know, my son has COVID and I have to try and get to him. And so I had to think really quick, how do I still manage to finish my projects? And so what happened was it was a young um, host um, in Sydney and she wanted to keep going. She wanted to have her session. But she said to me that a lot of her friends at that time were very anxious and they didn't want to come and meet together, even though they weren't totally in lockdown at that stage. So I decided that the best thing was, even though this is about bringing people into community, to sit together, and, that, and they love that aspect of it. That's the thing they really love, It's just having discussion together, having food, because we give them a budget, etc. But I said to her, we're going to have to take you online. And so I was able to finish my two projects by actually uh, helping them uh, who didn't have that knowledge around Zoom to actually get online and how they would run their sessions. And instead of consulting with 10 people at the same time, uh, they may only be able to consult with five or six and um, managed to finish my projects. And then there was an opportunity to actually provide some information back to Queensland Health and to hear from those out in the community around COVID at that stage, but I have virtually 24 hours to turn this project around. And so I put a call out to consumers who had hosted sessions before. I asked them if they could actually take it online to prepare themselves and get their participants together and talk to a maximum of six people Well, we prepared the questions and virtually within 18 hours they had consulted with 69 people around the state around, you know, what does patient-centred care look like in a pandemic? What are the values that are going to be really important? And what's communication? You know, what does communication mean? Open, transparent communication, they were the words. And so there was a few questions there and then I worked till 11 o'clock that night and um, once I got their feedback and within 24 hours we had a picture from across the state, which is just amazing. So these people have done amazing work. And then, of course, it went very quiet. And I was thinking, oops, I can't do my projects because we're just in those lockdowns. And then we started to move again. And basically, this is pre some of these photos. You can see the diversity of the people that just, you know, bring people together and consult with them um, around the state. And my work is picked up. And it's huge. Virtually every six weeks, there's another project that's coming through for Queensland Health, Palliative Care Queensland, SEQ Water at the moment with Queensland Health around water security, uh, Darling Downs, Westmoreland Primary Health, um, Health Network, etc., um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So I just wanted to show you this last one because I know you know we've got time, but I want you to see that photo on the left. My hosts, the consumers, are now so up on COVID and what the directions are and the restrictions that they actually follow, even in their homes, as you can see from this one on the left, this photo on the left recently done. They're amazing people. They're around the state. We always welcome new consumers to come and do this work, but the outcomes is really important. But the other thing is, they are sharing their true feelings together and we're getting the most amazing stories. So from not knowing whether I could continue my work <laughs> to my work just exploding basically. And um, yeah, and just hearing that amazing voice of people in community talking about health. So thanks, Melissa. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Anne. And um, can I have a show of hands? We do have some consumers at the conference who have been kitchen table hosts. Are there any that are here today? You could pop your hand up. No, they must all be up in the big room. They've heard us talk before. Um, But if you'd like to know more, um, come and have a chat to Anne. Uh, And, of course, um, what we've been hearing from in the examples today have been um, consumer-focused, person-centred service delivery models that are focused at that individual level. And what Anne and I are talking about is consumer engagement around um, the design and delivery of a service, and in our case, in the pandemic response. And uh, we were fortunate to um, also receive some funding to have an amazing external evaluator um, who had a background in consumer engagement, emergency services management, and evaluation of health and community services to create a record uh, of the engagement with uh, consumers in the pandemic response. And um, I think the themes that she found in that, you'll see they also resonate in good care delivered delivered at an individual level and she observed that relationships were really important. The need to support both consumers and staff with information and a role in decision making around the system's pandemic response. She observed that fantastic resources were developed and um, should be circulated. Prepare for the next uh, wave that we will see. She highlighted the importance of two-way communication and she also highlighted the importance of building capacity with those who are affected uh, by the pandemic, particularly young people and parents, people living in rural communities, and of course, First Nations communities. Thanks, everyone.
0: As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.